is part four in the series of harpazo, which is the Greek word for to seize or catch up. And who is God desiring to catch up at his appearing, Yeshua's appearing in the clouds, but his kihilah, his called out holy ones. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in continuing with this, we see that in the book, and I'd like for you to turn there now if you can, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Today we'll be focusing on verses 16 through 18. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And as you're turning here, the letter of 1 and 2 Thessalonians were written in the Greek language. The word that is translated from Greek in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, as we'll be reading, is harpazo. Into English, it means to be seized or to be caught up. Let us begin here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And beginning at verse 16 through 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. With a rousing cry and with a call from one of the ruling angels. And with a great shofar, those who died in united in Messiah will be first to rise. And those who are left and still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. So encourage one another with these words. We notice here in the scripture, it talks about Yeshua appearing. And who is he appearing to? His called out ones. To those that are resting in the graves, they'll immediately rise up, and then they will send to, to the Lord. But as they rise up, they're being transformed. And how are they being transformed? We have to look now at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Rav Shaul reveals to us a mystery. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and beginning at verse 50. And so this is a transformation. Our bodies that were prior were corruptible. Our carnal nature lives along with our spirit man in these bodies. But in this time, our bodies will be transformed. And so Rav Shaul, he gives further instruction to us what is going to take place here. Let us begin in verse 50. Let me say this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot share in the kingdom of God. Notice that. Our flesh and blood cannot share in God's kingdom. Why? Because our mortal bodies are filled with sin going on. Nor can something that decays share in what does not decay. Look, I tell you a secret. In some translations it says, I now reveal to you a mystery. Not all of us will die. Now, Rashaul is speaking and believing that, yes, he will partake in this harpazo as a living being, alive. 
But we now living today, 2,000 years in the future, God has ordained for him to be one of those that are raised from the grave. But, you know, when he wrote this word and, and proclaimed it, and then later in 1 Thessalonians proclaimed that word, he believed that he would be alive at the appearing of Messiah. So that eminent return of looking, not upon this earth, but looking for your redemption, to look up. For your redemption is drawing near. And who is that redemption? But the Lord himself. So let us go forward here. Let me say this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot share in the kingdom of God, nor can something that decays share in what does not decay. Look, I tell you a secret, not all of us will die, but we will all be changed. Both those who have died in our sleep in Messiah, like Rav Shaul is currently today, but at the time when he spoke, he believed in his whole heart that the Lord could return at any moment. And he looked and he longed for his appearing. That's all of us right now. We grieve in our hearts and soul what's going on in our country, in the land that we live. Because I know this is going to be going out to those who live around the world, live in different countries. And there's an earning, urging inside our, a longing to see the Lord, to be in his presence, to be forever with him. For, and also we yearn in our hearts. We want to be transformed. We see this carnal nature in ourselves and we want our deliverance. We want to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And this is our heart's cry. To know this, that when Yeshua appears in the clouds, that those who are sleeping in the grave, immediately they will rise up. Imagine that. Bones that are resting in these caskets are going to have glorified flesh upon them instantaneously. And they're going to wake. And what are they going to? They're going to hear the voice of the Lord and they're going to come out of their graves. Just as Yeshua rose from the dead, so that those who are now sleeping, putting their full trust in Messiah. And that speaks of those who died in the Tanakh also. All these individuals, all these individuals are looking forward to this resurrection. And so with this, we go forward here. But all will be changed. It will what take but a moment for God to transform us. And those that are living in that day, and Roshua believed in the depths of his heart that he was alive. He was totally alive going forward here. But in the moment, in a blink of an eye, at the final shofar, for the shofar will sound and the dead will be raised to live forever. And we too will be changed. For this material, which can decay, must be clothed in what? With imperishability. This which is mortal must be clothed with what? immortality. At that moment, those who are dead in Messiah and raised from the dead who put their trust and those who are alive will become immortal. Just as God is immortal. Going forward here. When what decays puts on imperishability 
and what is mortal, mortal puts on immortality, then this passage in the Tanakh will be fulfilled. Notice this. Rashul is not just pulling a mystery out of the clouds, but he says in the Tanakh, here's the foundation that this promise is based upon. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where is that found? But in Isaiah 25, 8. The second part says in verse 55, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Where is that found? But in Hosea 13, 14. So think about this. When the Spirit of the living God was speaking to Rashaul's heart, he was confirming these scriptures and bringing him back to the memory of the Apostle Paul. Because he knew this, that anything that he proclaimed as being an apostle, when the foundation stones of the Kihilat, with this new Brit Hadashah, this New Testament, that he had to confirm everything that he taught. And when he revealed a mystery, something that God had already spoken about, but now we get the full revelation of that. It had to have its firm foundation in the Tanakh or the Old Testament. Going forward here, verse 56, the sting of death is what? It is sin. Just as our father Abraham and our mother Hava, her name is even in English, they sinned and their flesh, it died. Going forward here, the sting of death is sin, and sin draws its power from what? Torah, God's truth, the revelation of who Messiah is. Going forward, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. So, my dear brothers, stand firm and immovable, always doing the Lord's work as vigorously as you can, knowing that United with the Lord, your efforts are not in vain. And as I was speaking this, this word forward, the Spirit of the living God reminded me that when Yeshua died, he went down to Abraham's bosom, which was the place where the righteous ones were. And that when he went down there, he revealed himself to them. And they acknowledge for who he was. Can you imagine uh, Moses seeing Yeshua for the first time in Abraham's bosom? And then seeing him face to face yet again? Because this was the same Moshe that was there on the Mount of Transfiguration. Along with another individual, Eliyahu, Elijah. And so it says in the scripture that, that he took them from that place and he took them in their bodies being transformed. And he took them up with him. Just like he said to the thief on the cross that repented. And he said to Yeshua, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Yeshua turned to him and said, this very day you shall be with me where? but in paradise. Did that man die upon that tree because of his sins? Yes. But he believed in the blood of Yeshua could cleanse him from all unrighteousness. 
his heart was changed. So let us go forward here. In the last part of First, uh, first uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 again, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry, with a call from the one, the ruling angels, and with God shall far. Those who die united with Messiah will be first to rise. Then we who are left and still alive will be caught up with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we'll always be with the Lord. So encourage one another with these words. Now think about this. When the spirit of the living God spoke to Rav Shaul, and he shared that mystery, and Isaiah 25 came to his heart, and Hosea, it came to his heart. But there was even more that came to his heart. Let's now look closer. If we were to translate this word harpazo, which means caught up, if we were to translate it back into the, word, the Hebrew word, it would be Garar, and that's spelled G-A-R-A-R. And that being translated into English, the Hebrew word, would mean to bring up, to suddenly catch and pull upward, going forward. Has God ever done this Garar, this catching up, this harpazo to someone before? Is there any evidence in the Tanakh? The Tanakh records, and now let us turn there, in Berjit, which is Hebrew, the book of Genesis, chapter 5. Genesis, chapter 5, verse 18. Let's turn together to that place. Genesis, chapter 5, verse 18. Let's begin in verse 18. Yared, or Jared, in some translation his name is pronounced, lived 162 years. And he fathered who? Hanoak in the Hebrew, Enoch in the English. And after Enoch was born, Yared lived 800 years. And he had sons and daughters. In all, Yared lived 962 years. And then he died. Enoch, Hanoak, lived 65 years, and he fathered Methuselah. And after Methuselah was born, Hanoah lived, was born. Hanoah walked with God for 300 years. Notice that word. He walked with God for 300 years. And he had sons and daughters. And in all, Hanoak lived 365 years. Verse 24. Enoch walked with God. Notice that. You know, in Scripture, it says that two people cannot walk together unless they do what? They agree. So for 365 years, this Enoch walked in agreement with God. And did what was what? What was pleasing in his sight. Continuing here. And then he wasn't there. Because why? Because God took him. 
The word tokim is garar, caught up, seized, and taken out of that place. Think about this. What did Methuselah think? Where's my father? What's happened to him? How about the people that lived during the time of Enoch? And remember this. Enoch was not a Jew. This was prior to the flood. The Torah has not even been given yet. But do you, did you ever notice that when you read about Adam and Eve, it says that in the cool of the evening, who came and walked with them but Adonai? But did they live out every day of their lives pleasing in the presence of the Lord? No. That's how sin entered into the garden. They rebelled. But we see here's an individual who's listed to us that walked with God, did everything that was pleasing in his sight, was in deep fellowship with him. And he had, he had children. And you know, it doesn't mention his wife's name, but the spirit of the living God wants us to focus on this thing. He walked with God. Question to us today is, are we walking with God? Are we living all our lives walking, pleasing in his sight? Now, you know, prior to this, it doesn't speak of anyone who's walking with God that immediately at that point went ahead and was taken immediately into God's presence. Is there any recording that he came back on earth up to this point? No. So now let's look closer to what the scripture says here. Does the Brit Hadashah confirm that Enoch even existed? Yes. Let us turn now to the book of Messianic Jews, chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. And what does it say here in this portion? It says this, by trusting, by putting his faith, in whom? In God. In the provision. Because we know this, that Enoch was told by his family that God was going to send a redeemer. This seed that would be born of a woman. And he put his trust in that. This is before the Torah is even being mentioned. This is even before Abraham came to put his faith and trust and was called from Ur of the Chaldees. This is prior. See, God had a redemption plan. If simply people would simply walk with God and do what is pleasing in his sight. Going forward here. Messianic Jews are Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. By trusting Enoch was taken away from this life without seeing death. Now, who's speaking here but the Spirit of the living God? He was not found because God took him away. Garar or Harpazo, being caught away. For he had been attested as being prior to being taken away 
well-pleasing to God. You notice that is a reference there in the Brit Hadashah, in the book of Hebrews. But in Genesis chapter 5, it says that he simply walked with God. So Messianic Jews gives us even more information that he lived a life that was pleasing to God. Verse 26, and without trusting, it is impossible to be well-pleasing to God. Because whoever approaches him must do what first? Trust that he, God, exists. And that he comes and he becomes a rewarder for those who seek him out. Does not the scripture say that if, if, if a person will seek God with all his heart, soul, and mind, that God shall reveal himself to him? Absolutely. Let's go forward here. Now, it also speaks about Enoch in another book. This other book is called the book of Judah, or in most translations, the book of Jude. And who is this individual Judah? But he is a younger brother of Yeshua. So let us turn, and if you go right to the book of Revelation, the book that, that precedes that is the book of Judah, a very, very short book. And who was this Judah? He was also an apostle. Because anyone that would, was able to write God's word had to be either a prophet or an apostle. So let us begin here in the book of Jude, in verse 1, to give us a background in the context of what's taking place here. From Yehuda Judah, a slave of Yeshua, a servant of Yeshua, the Messiah, and the brother of Yaakov. Who is Yaakov? That was Yeshua's other brother. To those who have been called, who are loved by God, the Father, and kept for Yeshua the Messiah. You and I are being kept for Yeshua the Messiah. We are his own. He's purchased us with his own precious blood. Verse 2, may mercy, love, and shalom be yours in full measure. Dear friends, I was busily at work writing to you about the salvation we share, the Yeshua we share. When I found it necessary to write, urging you to keep contending earnestly for the faith, which was once and for all passed on to you, to God's people. For certain individuals, the ones written about long ago as meant for this condemnation. He's speaking about a condemnation coming upon this world. Continuing. Have wormed their way in ungodly people who pervert God's grace into a license for what? For debauchery. And, and disown our only master and Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Since you already know all of this, my purpose is only to remind you that Adonai, who once delivered the people from Egypt, later destroyed those who did not trust. And the angels did not keep within their original authority, but abandoned their proper sphere. He has kept in darkness and bound with everlasting change for the judgment of the great day. What is a great day? When Yeshua descends and comes upon this earth, his second coming. Let's go forward. 
and Sodom and Amorah and the surrounding cities, following a pattern like theirs, committed sexual sins and perversions. Lie exposed as a warning of the everlasting fire awaiting those who must undergo punishment. Verse 8, likewise, these people with their visions defile their own flesh and despise godly authority and insult angelic beings. When Michael, Michael, one of the ruling angels, took issue with the adversary arguing over the body of Moshe, he did not dare bring against him an, ins an insulting charge, but he said, may Adonai rebuke you. However, these people insult anything they don't understand. And what they do not understand naturally without thinking like animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them in that they have walked the road of Cain, Cain and have given themselves over to money and to the error of Balaam. Balaam. They have been destroyed in the rebellion of Korah. Korah. And these men are filthy spots at your festival gatherings meant to foster love. They share your meals without qualm, without a conscience, while caring only for themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along with, by the winds, trees without fruit, even in autumn, doubly, doubly dead because they have been uprooted, savage sea waves heaving forth their shameful deeds like foam, wandering stars for whom the blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Now we, we hear about Enoch. Moreover, Enoch, in the seventh generation starting with Adam, also prophesied about these men saying, did you hear that? For those 300 years, during that time, God appointed Enoch as one of his prophets. You know, there is a book, it's an it's apocryphal book that's called the book of Enoch. But here, Jude, Judah, he's not quoting that whole book, but he's quoting something that had been passed down, the literal um prophetic utterance from Enoch. And now he speaks and he shares that with us. Moreover, Hanoak in the seventh generation, starting with Adam, also prophesied about these men saying, look, Adonai came with his myriads of holy ones. What does that point to? That points to the second coming Messiah. After the tribulation, when the holy ones will come as myriads following the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah. To execute what? Judgment against everyone that is to convict all the godless of their godless deeds, which they have done in such godless ways. And for all the harsh words these godless sinners have spoken against him. Spoken against who? Not Enoch. But Adonai, God, going forward, these people are grumblers, complainers. They follow their own evil passions. Their mouths speak of grandiosities, and they flatter others to gain advantage. But you, my dear friends, keep in mind the words spoken in advance by the emissaries, by the apostles, the sent ones 
of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. They told you during the Arkat Hanin, the last days, the end of the age, there will be scoffers following their own godless passions. Do we not see that today? Absolutely. Did not Judas see it in his day? Yes, he did. Going forward here. These are the people who cause divisions. They are controlled by their impulses because they do not have what? The Spirit. The Ruach HaKodesh. Going forward. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. And pray in union with whom? With the Ruach HaKodesh. What does the body of Messiah, the bride of Messiah need to do right now? Pray with being empowered by the Ruach HaKodesh that leads us into all truth. He's not only been sent to, to us to be a comforter, to sustain her, to enable us to walk in the power of the Spirit, but he is also there to lead us into all truth. Going forward here. Thus keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for what? For our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, to give you the mercy that leads to what? Eternal life. Rebuke some who are disputing. Save others as snatching them out of the fire. There's apostasy going on in the body of Messiah right now. They're going after visions and dreams and false prophets and false apostles who are not being led by the Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. The Word of God gives us discernment. If they do not uh, commend and proclaim what the prophets of the Tanakh said and the apostles of the Bird Hadashah, if they waver away from it, even one inkling, have nothing to do with them. This is what Judah is warning us of. Let's go forward here. Rebuke some of those who are disputing. Save others, snatching them out of fire. And to yet others, show mercy. But with fear, hating even the clothes stained by their what? By their vices. How many men and women are God that their vices are now being exposed? They're in it for themselves, for their own a filthy gain. They love mammon more than they love God. Let's go forward here. Hating even the clothes stained by their vices now. To the one who can keep you from what? From falling. And set you without what? Without defect. Full of joy in the presence of what? His Shekinah. In the glory. The revelation of God the Father through the Son, by the Ruach HaKodesh. To God alone, our Deliverer, through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord, be glory, majesty, and power, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen. See, to hear about Enoch's prophecy, we have to see it within the context. Through the eyes and through the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh that spoke through Yeshua's, one of his younger brothers, who was an apostle there. And his name is Judah. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, there is one example that you have now received from the Lord about God manifesting his garar or his harpazo in the Tanakh prior to the Torah even being written, prior to Abraham being called from the Ur of the Chaldees. And so here we have scientific proof, according to God's word, that this has taken place. So here's our, our next example. Now let us turn to another individual. Let's now turn to 2 Kings chapter 1. 2 Kings chapter 1. Who are we now going to focus on? But an individual in his name is what? Eliyahu. Let's go there now. 2 Kings chapter 1. And for us to look and to examine 2 Kings chapter 1 is very, very important. Why? Because it gives us the ability there to focus on what God was doing in the midst of performing this harpazo in a prophet of God. Notice this. The first man was acknowledged as a prophet of God, and so is the second one. But this one is born many hundreds of years later. And what has transpired? Abraham has been called from Ur of the Chaldees. And God has revealed himself to him. And the promise of the seed would come from the descendants of Father Abraham through Sarah. And so fast, going fast forward, the nation of Israel is established. And they're in the land. They have left Egypt. All these things have transpired. But here we see, here in 2 Kings, in the Hebrew, it's Malachim Beit, which Malachim is king and Beit is two. Let's begin in verse one. After Akab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. When Akajah fell, Though through a lattice window of his upper room in Sharon and lay injured, he sent messengers and said to them, Go consult Baal Zavuv, the god of Ekron. Notice that. Here is a king who is to represent God's people. And who is he inquired of? Not the God of Israel, not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who he descends from, but he's going after a foreign God to inquire wisdom and knowledge. Let's go forward here. And ask whether I will recover from this injury from a pagan God. Going forward. But an angel of Adonai said to what? To Eliyahu, Elijah from Tishbe, get up and intercept the messengers of the king of Shrong and ask them it. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are on your way to consult Baal, Zavuv, the God of Ekron? Therefore, Adonai say, you will never leave this bed that you're lying on, and you will certainly die. Then Eliyahu left. The messengers returned to Akadiah, and he asked them, why have you come back? They answered him, a man came to meet us. 
he told us to go and to return to the king who sent us and tell him, here's what Adonai says. It is because there is no God in Israel that you are now sending to consult Baal Zebuv, the God of Akron. Therefore, you will never leave the bed you are lying on and you will certainly die. He asked them, the man who came to meet you and told you these things, what kind of man was he? He was a hairy man, they answered him, with a leather belt around his waist. He said, it was Eliyahu from Teshvi. Now to give clarification, this hairy man means that he wore camel's hair garment. Let's move forward. Then the king sent a commander of 50 to Eliyahu. Together with his 50 men, Eliyahu was sitting at the top of the hill. The commander climbed up to him and said, man of God, the king says to you, says to come down. Eliyahu answered the commander of 50, if I am in fact the man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and burn you up along with your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and it burned up him and 50 men. Then the king sent him another commander of 50 men together with his 50 men. He said to him, man of God, the king says, come down immediately. Eliyahu answered them, if I am, if I am in fact a man of God, let the fire come down from heaven and burn you up along with your 50 men. Fire came down from heaven and it burned up, burned him up and his 50 men. The king sent a third commander with 50 men. And with his 50 men, the third commander of the 50 climbed up to approach Eliyahu. But the story changes here. And he fell on his knees before him. And he pleaded with him, man of God, please have some regard for my life and the lives of these 50 men, servants of yours. I know that fire came down from heaven and burned up the two other commanders with their 50 men. But now have some regard for my life. The angel of Adonai said to Eliyahu, notice that the angel of Adonai spoke to Eliyahu and said, go down with him and don't be afraid. See, when the angel of Adonai speaks, we're not to fear going forward. So he got up and went down with him to the king. And Eliyahu said to the king, here's what Adonai says. You sent messengers to consult Baal Zavuv, the god of Echron. And it is because, is it because there is no God in Israel? You can counsel, consult. Therefore, you will never leave the bed you're lying on and you will certainly die. And so he died. Fulfillment of God's word spoken through his holy prophet, a true prophet. Not like these men who are running around about and women today, false apostles, false prophets, not speaking God's word and not fearing the Lord. Going forward, keeping with the word of Adonai spoken through Eliyahu. Yehoram began to rule in the place of him during the second year of Yehoram, the son of Yosafat, king of Yehuda. 
because he had no son. Other activities of Akazia are recorded in the annuals of the kings of Israel. Now chapter 2 begins. At the time came for Adonai to take Eliyahu up to heaven in a whirlwind. Think about that. The appointed time. God the Father has given an appointed time for he who sits at his right hand to descend from heaven into the clouds and to receive his bride, his kihilat, those who are asleep, resting in their graves, and those who are alive at that moment. I don't know when that moment's going to happen. But how are we to be prepared? To long for the Lord's appearing. For we do not know the hour or the day when he shall descend to those clouds. And what is that to produce in us? Holy, righteous living, walking with God to the, to the very last breath that we have in our being. We're looking for towards our Redeemer. Let's go forward here. The time came from Adonai to take Eliyahu up into heaven in a whirlwind. See, God chose to use a whirlwind with Eliyahu. He simply took Enoch with him. Doesn't give us all the details. Let's go forward here. Eliyahu and Elijah went on their way from Gilgal. And when Eliyahu said to Elijah, please wait here, because Adonai has sent me all the way back to Beit El. But Elijah said, as Adonai lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Beit El and the guile guild of prophets of Beit El came up to Elijah and said to him, do you know that Adonai is taking your master away from you today? Yes, I know, he answered. Say no more. We got to stop and pause here. God spoke through other prophets who were a special deal about what God was doing. Did, did God have other prophets in the land of Israel that time that were true prophets of God? This proves that it was. So let us go forward here. And you know what? God had all also revealed to Elijah what was going to take place. Let's continue. That's why he says, say no more. I know. Go forward. Verse 4. Eliyahu said to him, Elijah, please wait here because Adonai has sent me to, to Jericho. He replied, as Adonai lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho and the guild of prophets who were where? Jericho. See, God has true prophets in other places throughout the land of Israel. Let's go forward. And they approached Elijah and said to him, do you know what Adonai is, is taking your master away from you today? Yes, I know, he answered. Say no more. Notice this. They don't walk up to Eliyahu, either one of these guild of prophets, and say, hey, by the way, do you know you're leaving today? 
Ananias going to take you? Let's move forward here. Verse 6, Eli, Eliyahu said to him, please wait here, because Adonai has now sent me to the Yarden. He replied, as Adonai lives, as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty of the gilded prophets went and stood watching them from a distance. While they stood by the Yarden, then Eliyahu took his cloak and rolled it up, and he struck the water with it, and the water divided itself to the left and to the right. And so they crossed on the dry ground. And after they crossed, Eliyahu said to Elijah, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? See, he now speaks to him directly and says, what can I do? I'm about to be taken from you. Let's move forward. Elijah said, please let a double share of your spirit be upon me. He didn't ask for gold, for riches, for fame. He asked to receive a double portion of the Ruach, the spirit that dwelled in Eliyahu. And what should we as believers seek after? Not things on this earth, but to be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh over and over and over again. Let's move forward here. Tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha said, please let the double share of your spirit be upon me. He replied, you have requested a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, you will get what you have asked for. But if not, you won't. See, there was conditions here going forward. Suddenly, as they were walking and talking, there appeared a fiery chariot with horses of fire. Has the scripture ever recorded prior to this that about these horses and chariots of fire? Not up to this point. And, and it separated the two of them from each other. It came in between them. Eliyahu went up into heaven in a whirlwind. Harpazo, Garar, he was taken up. He was seized, he was seized, he was snatched away. He was taken. Both these men represent God's holy remnant during the time that they lived. When Yeshua appears in those clouds, who's he coming after? His holy remnant. Those who are resting in their graves, sleeping, and those who are on this earth. At his appearance, he will gather his holy remnant to be with him forevermore. And what does 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 say in verse 18? Comfort one another with these words. And know this, that even though we die, that promise of that harpazo will be fulfilled. Or whether we're living at the time, that harpazo, that cutaway, 
will be fulfilled. Let's continue here. Then Elijah sought and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Then he lost sight of him, seizing his clothes. He tore them in half. Then he picked up Eliyahu's cloak, which had fallen off him. And standing on the bank of the Yarden, he took the cloak that had suddenly fallen off Eliyahu and struck the water and said, Where is Adonai, the God of Eliyahu? But when he, he actually did strike the water, it divided itself to the left and to the right. Then Elijah crossed over. And who's watching? These 50 gilded prophets. When the gilded prophets of Jer Jericho saw him in the distance, they said, the spirit of Eliyahu does rest on Elisha. Advancing to meet him, they prostrated themselves on the ground before him and said to him, Hear now your servants, including the 50 strong men. Please let them go and look for your master. Wait a second. Didn't they say that today that Eliyahu was going to be taken from him by God? Yes. Let's go forward. Let us go and look for your master. In the event that the spirit of Adonai has taken him and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. Do we see somebody in the Brit uh, Hadashah that was translated? Remember Philip, the deacon? He was out there and he proclaimed the good news to a eunuch from Ethiopia who was reading the book of what? Isaiah? And after he brought him into the waters of immersion, he came back as he put his faith and trust in Messiah. What happens? The spirit of the living God transmitted him to another place. So we don't want to be too hard on these gilded prophets, do we? So let us continue here. He answered, do not send them, but keep on. But they kept pressing him. Finally, embarrassed, he said to them, so they sent 50 men, and for three days they searched, and they did not find him. On returning to him, he was waiting in Jericho, and he said to them, I told you, didn't I? And the men of the city said to Elijah, my Lord can see that this is an unpleasant, the city is pleasant to live in, but the water is bad, so the ground is causing miscarriages. Bring me a jug, he said, and put salt in it. And they brought it to him. And he went out to the source of the water and threw salt in it and said, This is what Adonai says. I have healed this water. It will no longer cause death or miscarrying. The water was healed and has remained healed to this day. In keeping with Elisha's spoken word, Elisha left to go up to Beit El which is where? The house of God. As he was on his way on the road, some boys came out of the town and began making fun of him. Go on up, Baldy. Go up, Baldy. He looked behind him and saw them and put a curse on them. And in the name of Adonai, whereupon two female bears came out of the woods and mauled the 40 boys, 42 of the boys. 
He went on from there to Mount Carmel, and then he returned to Sharon. So we got to understand in God's context what God had done. And this is what God's promise is, is that know this, that one day Yeshua shall appear. He's coming from his called out ones. And this is what the Lord is doing. And we can trust God in his word and know this, that he's coming for a congregation, a people, a kihilat, a call to fulfill his will. You know what's really interesting about these individuals' names? And this is these individuals' names that are here. Elisha. What does his name mean in Hebrew? God is my salvation. God is what? God is my Yeshua. Also, his name is Adonai is Yeshua. Enoch. What does his name mean? His name means this, initiated. And what does the word initiated mean in English? To begin. That means past tense tense, to originate major social reforms. What did Enoch do? But he prophesied about God's word. And God decided with Enoch, he would begin this brand new thing. Goes on to say this, he purposes, in a, in a sentence, initiated means, he purposes to initiate discussions on planning and procedures. What does what does we who are initiated mean? The initiation is a rite of passage marking the entrance of acceptance or in a group or society. Which is the society? Adonai's kingdom, Abba, Father, God's. And so with all this background, we now see that what God has promised to do sometime in the future, he has done in the past. He has taken a holy remnant, one individual, Enoch, who was from the nations, who walked righteously before God's eyes. And God decided, you know what? I'm going to take you to be with me forevermore. We see as it's fast forward here, we're another individual, Eliyahu, who went and did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. And he was taken up in a whirlwind of chariots and horses. And with this, we see also that at every Passover, what do we do? We set a place for an individual. And what is that place for? Is it for Messiah Yeshua? No, it is for Eliyahu. Because what does the Tanakh say? That when he comes back, he's going to return the hearts of the fathers, speaking to the Jewish fathers, towards their sons and daughters. And the children will return. And so we know this, that there will be two witnesses in the future. We are 100% we know that one of them is going to be Eliyahu. But the full revelation of the second, it's now in much debate. But know this, that the generation that are there to see these two witnesses. And that you notice that they have power to call down fire from heaven. 
and also fire shall proceed from their mouths to consume any of their enemies. They will also have the power and authority to cause no rain to fall. And so right now we end this portion of this message and we'll continue in the near future. Shabbat Shalom.